High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, disco dorks, gangsters, wannabe gangsters, pretzel people who are into yoga, or whichever of the 48 cliques you may belong to. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast for means of friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the summer pool party's at my place. But first, well, Fridays are for fun. So let's chat about some important stuff before you guys get to dive in my pool. <laughs> First, want to give a shout out to my healthcare heroes out there. I've been forgetting to do that the last couple of weeks. COVID's still a thing. Still shouting them out. Probably still shout them out after we get over this. Hopefully soon. But uh, 2020. 2020's been a year. <laughs> anyway, hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy out there. We got a fun one for you today. And if you tuned in, you probably were like, Bratz? Bratz the movie? Really, Brian? That's what you're doing? Trust me. Our guest, Austin Wolf Southern, is passionate about this film. And if you watch the film, and if you did it with an open mind, maybe you're passionate about it too. Trust me. In my opinion, it's not as bad as they say. I actually quite liked it. But more on that later. Just want to remind you guys, wherever you're listening, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button. And while you're there, if you haven't already, write us a nice little five-star review. Or give us a five-star rating, I think it is. Review, rating, whatever, do both. And remember, guys, the best way you can spread the message and love of High School Slumber Party is by telling a friend about all the wonderful, great things we do here in High School Slumber Party. I didn't make you go to summer school. No, we're chilling by my pool this summer, at least on Fridays. Remember, the show is bi-weekly these days. And on Mondays, you have your babysitting assignment. Woo! And this Monday, it was a scary one, a spooky one. When a Stranger Calls with Mike Manzi. I hope you listened. I'm counting on it. Now, I don't really call it homework in the summer, 
But if you love me and you want to support this ultra-free podcast, you'll listen to all the episodes. All the episodes. You'll also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Look, the podcast landscape, it's scary for indie podcasts like this one. We're the pirate radio of podcasts. We do what we want, but we're not making any money. We're just having a good time entertaining the masses, talking about films. We're not Conan O'Brien or Michelle Obama. I hear there's a new Save by the Bell episode with the Zach Morris guy. I mean, these are all awesome podcasts, probably. I listen to some big podcasts, too. And whatever, more power to them. But they got the money. They got the support. All we have is the love for film and you listeners out there. So I thank you, Slumberers, for listening every week. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. But I'm returning the favor. I'm bringing you commentary on such great movies like Bratz. I'm letting you come to my pool party. I think that's a fair trade-off, no? (laughs) Well, guys, I have a surprise for you. It's a new segment on the show. I figured so much is going on in this world, so much scary stuff. You put the news on, you go onto your social media, and you're like, ugh, I can't take this anymore. I want to be woke. I want to pay attention. I will pay attention. But on the other hand, you're like, this is depressing, right? Well, I feel like I need to do my public service and give you some news. But no, 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 not current event news, not important news. I need to give you some news in the teen movie universe. I don't know. High school film news. That's what we'll call it. High school film news. Oh, and I picked a great week to start High School Film News because we have a lot on the High School Film News desk. Let's see. First, I think I mentioned this on Monday, but we just passed the 25th anniversary of Clueless. And I know, I know, the Joey Lewandowski's of the world are asking me, when are you going to cover Clueless on this podcast? I promise you guys, it's sooner than you think. It's on the calendar. I'll just leave it at that. But Clueless, an awesome film. Some people say it's the best high school film of all time. I don't know. It's definitely up there. Is it Ferris Bueller? Is it 10 Things I Hate About You? Is it Mean Girls? Is it Breakfast Club? There's so many great high school films, and that's why I started this podcast. But definitely, definitely Clueless is in the conversation. Happy 25th birthday, Clueless. As if, whatever, you get it. Speaking of anniversaries, another great teen film and i don't know if people like usually think of this as a teen film but definitely is another great one had an anniversary almost famous turns 20 this year 20 years i can't believe it i remember when that movie came out it makes me feel old as hell but whatever i think i was the perfect age or maybe just under the perfect age when that film came out such a great movie we've talked about it on my other podcast p.s i love hoffman here on the cage club podcast network that's cageclub.me that's cageclub.me and of course that's my philip summer hoffman podcast and we're going to talk about that one here too 
but we're probably not going to do it justice. We're going to try our best, but there's a new podcast out, Origins. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a great podcast. They do like, I don't know, Origins for a bunch of stuff. They just did Sex in the City, but this season, or chapter as they call it, is a five-part series on Almost Famous, and they get Cameron Crowe back. They have Kate Hudson. Not our Kate Hudson, obviously. I wish. <laughs> no, the Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson. You know which Kate Hudson I'm talking about, the one from Almost Famous. But they have the whole cast back almost, and they're all chatting about how they made this film, what their experience was like, the stay power of Almost Famous. I know I was just like dissing big time podcasts, but definitely check this one out. I plan to as well. And speaking of potential classics, maybe you might laugh at me, but last year, I think, or was it two years ago? I can't remember. This film was in Oscar consideration if they added that like people's Oscar award. And I think that's why they cut the award out. But The Kissing Booth 2 comes out today as we speak, as this episode drops Kissing Booth 2. If you're a Kissing Booth fan, I'm sure you've already seen it. If you're not a Kissing Booth fan and you want to hate watch it, it's there. I can't wait to watch it, honestly. I wasn't a fan of the original, but looking back, I enjoyed watching the original. Or at least I enjoy the idea of watching the original. Shawnee Mead was my guest on that episode. You can check that out in the archives at cageclub.me. I think it was a two-parter, but I don't know why. Anyway, though... The Kissing Booth was a huge hit. It kind of convinced Netflix, in my mind, to release more of these teen films. So we can thank The Kissing Booth as, like, the formative Netflix teen film. And I just want to say something. Well, one, yes, we are going to cover it in the coming weeks, so be ready for that. But two, I've seen a lot of hate for the author of the books, because it's based on some YA books. Her name is Beth Reekles. She's like a young Scottish writer. Don't diss her. She's just doing her thing. She's making her money, and she's making a lot of people happy. I don't think they made The Kissing Booth for you if you're upset with The Kissing Booth. But who knows? We're going to give Kissing Booth 2 a chance on this podcast. I promise. Stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. We got some more good news, I'll say. Bill and Ted 3. Bill and Ted Face the Music. The release date has been bouncing around a couple times. Obviously, all these release dates with COVID have gone back and forth. We weren't sure we were when we were going to get the theatrical release. We weren't sure if we were going to get a VOD release. But finally, some clarity. Now, we are getting it this year. It's not a 2021 release. It is still a 2020 release. September 2nd, Bill and Ted Face the Music. That'll be not just in theaters, if you can go to theaters, but it'll also be VOD on demand. So you'll be able to see it in the comfort of your own home. I don't think this one's technically a high school film. The second one wasn't, but the first one was. So I'm thinking about covering the first one around when Bill and Ted Face the Music drops. And I can't wait to see it, honestly. More news for you. Just want to give a shout out to our boy, Zach Efron. His Netflix show is booming. It's doing well. It's called Down to Earth. I have yet to check it out, but people in the Rodriguez household are really enjoying it. They're really enjoying the way Daddy Zach Efron looks. I don't know why. Some people are saying he has got a dad bod. I do not agree with that. 
If he has a dad bod, then I ate a dad bod. And he's making me feel bad about my own dad bod because mine doesn't look like his. That is a pretty man at all ages. Zac Efron, we salute you. And it reminds me, we have to get around to covering those high school musical movies at some point, don't we? And speaking of Netflix, by the way, a trailer dropped last week for a movie called Work It. It seems to be about these like two rival teen dance teams. I don't know much about it. I watched a trailer and let's just say I'm in. <laughs> and that's your high school movie news, guys. Hope you enjoyed the segment. We're going to be doing this every Friday. I'm just here to inform you. Hope it brought a smile to your face. Hope it was better than the regular news you listen to. That's so depressing. You have to listen to it. You have to be woke. But hope this one was a little bit more uplifting as we see so many great films that we look forward to seeing soon. This was High School Movie News. Always good to stay informed when it comes to high school movie news. But today's Friday. We got the news out of the way. I just want to have my tropical drink and take a dive into this pool. Why don't you join me while we listen to this episode on Bratz the Movie with Austin Wolf Southern. I can't wait till you listen to this one. So I wonder what my bartenders prepared for me today. Hmm, let's see. Oh, nice. A blue Hawaii. I don't think I've had one of these before. Sure looks yummy, though. Well, pack your favorite swimsuit. Tell your mother you're coming over Brian's, because we're about to get our pool party on. I leave you with a song from this movie called Fabulous. And it is indeed fabulous. See you on the other side of the pool. May I have your attention, please, for our first super fun event of my super evening. It's time for the entertainment. Me. Please hold your applause until the end. F to the A to the B, well, U.S. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Ooh. F to the A to the B, well, U.S. Yeah, yeah. Your lucky day, you're standing in my presence. This is your lucky day. I'm like a slice of heaven. Greatness in your presence. Time to take a lesson from me. I guarantee I'm fabulous. Simply one and only. Fabulous. You wanna be my homie? So Austin, first time you're on this show. I'm so excited. I love having first time guests because I get to ask them some fun questions and I'm excited to talk this one. I think it's going to be a fun and interesting podcast and maybe unexpected to some. But before any of that, on High School Slumber Party, we introduce ourselves by saying our name, our high school, our graduating class optional high school team name. You can make it up if you want, if you, if you don't want people to stalk you or something, but <laughs> however you want to introduce yourself. I won't, I won't make anything up. Austin Wolf Southern, 
went to Balboa Secondary School in San Diego, California, uh, class of 2000. We were a small private school, so no official team. Oh. But I, I think... I think like wombats or something was our mascot, but it was very uh, unofficial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have a a team. Wow, that's cool. In San Diego, um, that must have been nice. Good weather, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) for some people (laughs) fair fair before we uh dive into this glorious film what was your high school experience like what were you like in high school you already mentioned small private high school was that different than maybe the movie high schools we see it was much different yeah there were no uh there weren't enough students i was like i mean by the time i left it was like a little over a hundred kids and that was like for all of high school for ninth through 12th grade. Wow. So it was not enough kids to like divide up the lunch tables by clicks. And I was, I don't know, I was a a kid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like to wear a lot of like outlandish, loud clothes. And I was into comedy and writing and like underground cult films. All the pictures of me from high school are hilarious because I'm wearing the ugliest, worst clothes. <laughs> and I like I hung out with punk kids a little bit, but I tried to like create my own style that was like similar but off. None of that surprises me at all. From just <laughs> I, I know you've been on Joey's podcast, and he's uh, turned me on to your Letterboxed, and you certainly, in terms of some films, march to the beat of your own drum. You're a proponent of some things that a lot of people aren't, and I appreciate that because too many people just parrot other people's reviews. Your reviews are a glorious masterpiece. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We talked about flying uh, the Keanu Reeves movie with four titles on here. Uh, We had a blast talking about that, but I believe your review was either brought up on air or off air, and I just remember doing my research and reading that. I'm like, this is so cool and so true. I loved it so much, so it was a blast. You were someone I've wanted to have on, but when Joey turned me on to your letterbox review of this film, Bratz, or or Bratz the movie, I was like, oh God, this (laughs) this is the time. The, the stars have aligned for something here, something that I think is going to be special. <laughs> but before any of yeah. that, like, what do you look for in a movie? Because again, some of the movies you've even reviewed are like just cats of a different color, if that makes sense. I primarily just look to be entertained. And I like, I like things that are unlike anything I've seen before. So like the movie Cats, for instance. Like I love that movie because I've never been in that world ever before. You know, like it's so new and so different and unique. And that's something that like really pulls me into a movie. And, you know, Bratz applies there too. But like a lot of movies that people say are bad, I think are movies that are just unknown. And people are like afraid of the unknown and afraid to like embrace what is being given to them because it's, it's just too unusual. And it's like a shock to see something so different from what you're accustomed to in film. So that's something that I see a lot in movies that people refer to as bad, like just something unique and different and uh, almost like otherworldly. Um, oh, yeah. So that's, that's a big thing I look at. And then as, as far as genres, I just, you know, I mean, horror's kind of my number one, but I really like high school movies. I really like it gets weird to say this as I get older, but like movies about teen girls like really speak to me. You're talking to the right person here. Don't worry. It's not that, it's <laughs> not that weird in high school slumber party. <laughs> Every year I feel grosser saying it, but it's still I true. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm someone who named their podcast after having a slumber party. I understand. <laughs> yeah, good. And, and I just love that outlook because I, 
so many people today, like I said, just either parrot reviews. You're absolutely right, and I've been guilty of it too. I'm not going to say that that I've been perfect when it comes to this, but we have certain expectations for what a movie should be. I just go back to when I was a kid, and I wasn't like reading reviews or, or I guess watching even at the time. The internet was there, but I, you know, it wasn't as big of a deal. And if I watched a movie and I liked it, I liked it. I didn't think about what other people thought about the movie. And if I didn't like it, I didn't like it, I guess. But I liked a lot more movies than I didn't like. And so early on in, I guess, my own podcast history, I feel like I was maybe a little too, I don't know, just like traditional when it came to those things. But as I've gone on, especially with this genre, high school movies, it's just been about fun. So again, I I love hearing everything you're saying and and I think we're going to have a fun conversation when it comes to Bratz. So when was the first time you saw Bratz? Like how did you come on to this film? The first time I saw it was probably I think the end of 2008. I didn't see it in the theater, but I know I watched it when I was like at my mom's for Christmas. I watched it with my mom and my sister. So it was probably like December 2008. So I'm sure I wanted to see it in the theater, but like didn't get to it. And then we were going to watch a movie and I made them watch Bratz, which my sister is like 12 years younger than me. So she was like the right age for it. Gotcha. Like a little older than the exact age that uh, it's marketed for, but like, like a teen. So she liked it and I just loved it. My mom couldn't stand it, but (laughs) but it really like, it stuck with me, and then it was kind of a movie I was almost afraid to rewatch because I loved it so much, and I was like, it can't hold up to what I remember, and uh, it does. That's great. That's <laughs> so, great. To but hear. I hadn't watched it. You know, now I've watched it twice in the last couple of months, but before that, it had been uh, a little over ten years. Again, love hearing it. I have to ask: Did you have any history with the Bratz? dolls or were you, you familiar with them when you first saw it was it something maybe your sister was into it's not something my sister was into i was barely aware i remember seeing the dolls and thinking they looked kind of weird or, or yeah. like <laughs> like something something was off about them but but no real connection to it and i i still haven't seen any of the, the cartoons or the show or the cartoon movies i was kind of in the same boat as you like i'd, I'd seen the dolls in stores and stuff and commercials from time to time thought they looked weird you know they have a they have a great history though in some circles they have the crown for top finally toppling barbie it didn't like last forever but it was like a shock to a lot of people because so many people tried to come out with like barbie rivals throughout the years decades upon decades and it never happened but there was a brat's moment i don't know again if it's something that's remembered today i'm not necessarily a toy collector or whatever the point is i didn't know much about like the scholarship if you will of the brat's franchise like presumably the four leads are the four main Bratz dolls, but I wasn't aware of like maybe the cartoons, like paralleled any cartoons. And honestly, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I definitely went in blind in that sense of like, this is my only experience of the Bratz is this live action movie. Which is great. Which is absolutely <laughs> great. I'm probably not going to be as sunny as you about certain things. There are certain elements I didn't like, but overall, maybe if I didn't read your review, I would have had a different opinion. But I was like, oh, this guy enjoys this movie so much. I want to talk about this movie. Let me dive in head first. And I think, guys, if, if you're out there and you didn't watch the movie, you're like, what the hell is going on here? Just keep an open mind and remember the stuff that Austin has said and, and watch it because 
I guarantee you won't be as turned off as a lot of people were uh, with this film. Uh, so every week I read the back of the DVD, the back of the VHS. This was, of course, Prime DVD era. So I found a picture online. Had you seen this before? No, this was my first watch. Okay, that was your first watch. Yes, yes. So with this podcast going on two years now, and pretty much if I haven't seen a high school movie, I won't watch it till I do the episode as not to spoil it, you know. Yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> Valid question. So here's uh, the back of the DVD. The Bratz girls, Yasmin, Chloe, Sasha, and Jade have been best friends forever and have been made a pinky promise to always stick together. But when they become students at Cary Nation High School, they find that social cliques and the controlling school president, Meredith, are determined to tear them apart. Even though they love following their own dreams, the girls really miss each other. Before long, they realize they can pursue their passions and be friends, so they set out to end peer pressure forever. Through song and dance, and of course fashion, they teach the whole school the true meaning of empowerment, honesty, and most importantly, friendship. Nice and easy. Clearly, as you said, marketed to a younger demographic, maybe a demographic that was buying the toys. But this movie does some weird and interesting things. There's not a lot of, like, scholarship about the production or whatever. Not a lot of notes I can find. In terms of the cast, Natalia Ramos played Yasmin, as they say. Yasmin, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I had not recognized her from anything. Skylar Shane played Chloe. The one note ahead is that she's John Voight's goddaughter. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I did read that at some point. (laughs) So that's how they got him in it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And she's also the only one of the main girls and one of the only castmates. And we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but one of the only ones who's not actually a teenager. So I, I thought that was interesting. Right. We get so many films on this podcast where they're all 20-year-olds or, or something. But sure, here yeah. they're, they were pretty uh, accurate to the ages of the characters, which I found interesting. Yeah, even hearing that about Chloe, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, she doesn't look it. Yeah. Yeah, they're totally believable as teens. Absolutely. I mean, they, well, they are. <laughs> they, <laughs> yes. they, they were, yeah. <laughs> and you said you're a fan of horror. I'm sure you've seen a million horror films where the teens look like they're 25 or 30. And often it's for because they're taking their top off or something, you know. But this this is not that kind of movie, <laughs> obviously. John Voight, as we mentioned, is Principal Dimly. And he's very interesting in this movie. At times, I think he was just kind of maybe maybe mailing it in, but it kind of works, if that makes sense. <laughs> what would you think of John Voight here? He's an actor who likes to work. Like, he's in a lot of movies that shouldn't have big-name actors in them. And he just doesn't, because he's also, he was in Karate Dog. I think he's in Baby Geniuses. Oh, yeah. Um, like, he shows up in wild weird kids movies that you would never expect so i think he just kind of likes to act so he's not he's not giving it his all necessarily like he's not he's not putting as much into this role as anaconda or something (laughs) which is one of the best performances i've ever seen but i think he's he's there for it and i think he's comfortable uh even though he is wearing prosthetics or a prosthetic nose anyway which i i don't get but whatever (laughs) Like I said, open your mind, people. Open your mind. Janelle Paris plays Jade, and she actually has somewhat of a track record. She's uh, famous from the TV show Pretty Little Liars. Oh. And I know that show was really popular. I'm a little, Uh you know, not really my generation necessarily, but 
Um, she has a following from that. And we talked about her here on this podcast and the To All the Boys I Love Before franchise of Netflix films. Mm. She plays an older sister in there. So it, it was good to see a familiar face. Yeah. Well, Sasha was in Logan Browning. Is that her name? Yeah. She was in a movie a year or two ago called The Perfection. It was a like Netflix horror movie that was pretty good oh cool because she's also in that show dear white people so she has oh, okay. she, i don't know if she has a netflix deal but they like her there so it, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that you know netflix likes to reuse people as a lot of these companies do so yeah she, i mean she, she's doing something it's not like Bratz yeah. was a career killer yeah but it was like it was crazy i mean the perfection was like the first time i had seen any of them since 2007 i mean i don't know if it killed their careers or or what, or it just kind of happened that way. But I'm glad she's working now. But it yeah. seems like there was a break, or she was just in television shows that aren't on my radar, you know? I mean, that's fair. I, I, you know, yeah. th- this movie <laughs> it didn't do well. It was, you know, panned by the critics. So it doesn't matter if you or I might like it or not. Like, sometimes that could be a poison pill. But... Again, I'm happy to see her doing things. Yeah. And so, you know, those are like the four girls, minus John Voigt, obviously. Those are the four brats, if you will. And Meredith. I mean, Meredith is an important character. Oh, absolutely. Meredith Baxter Dimley. Of course, she's the daughter <laughs> yes. of Principal Dimley, played by Chelsea Kane Staub. She's great. I saw a lot of comparisons online to Sharpay, the character from High School Musical, played by Ashley Tisdale. Very sure. similar, but this is a trope we've seen throughout. Also, this is a movie, again, marketed to young people. I really liked her. I thought she was fun. <laughs> she's really fun. Yeah, I love that performance. And she's a villain, but like, you you know, I mean, you don't quite like her as a character, but like, you you like watching her, you know? Like, she, she is a fun villain. Absolutely. Absolutely. She is such like... She has such an aesthetic to her that it just works for, again, the world they're building. And, and I want to talk about that. If you want to say, like, there's four brats or five of, of these kind of lead characters. I know there's, like, side characters, too. But yeah, we mentioned that the dolls have a very distinct look. How do you think the film was in terms of that? Do you think that, like, artistically in terms of the way the girls looked and maybe the world, did it match even the little you knew of the dolls? The dolls were a little more sexualized and they kind of got rid of that for the movie. And that's all I really remember about the dolls. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, I can't make the comparison, but I remember like one of the things that seemed weird about the dolls to me was they seemed like a little too sexy. Yeah. And I think the movie, you know, definitely gives them all their own sense of style, but I feel like they're not sexualized at all and they're, you know, treated appropriately for a high school movie. Absolutely. And again, if, if you're marketing to younger kids, I totally get that as well. Yeah. I agree with you there. Their outfits, I think, look great. I mean, I think the wardrobe is fantastic. In the movie. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like the colors remind me of like the little I know of the dolls. Even how they do their makeup kind of, you know, reminds you. That the, their eyes are obviously not as big, but you could really only achieve that in animation. I thought they did a pretty decent job of, of capturing that. In terms of other people I wanted to mention in this cast was... <laughs> now, this character, I'm not the happiest about the portrayal here. But that's, uh, I think it's Lainey Kazan or Lani Kazan plays Bubby, the mother of uh, Yasmin. And uh-huh. <laughs> as a 
Latin American person. I don't I don't care that she's singing Cucaracha. I think it works with the movie. And nothing like that. <laughs> I wish they cast someone who was ethnically appropriate to play her mom. Not like, oh, she played a, a mom in my big fat Greek wedding, so I guess she could play mothers of all ethnicities. Like I was a little taken back by that. I do like her. And yeah. I do think she's really talented, but I, I don't know. Two thousand what is it, two thousand seven, twenty twenty, a lot of years apart. I think today they probably put a Latin actor in that role. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely an ethnically ambiguous type that they'll just throw wherever. And it's not, you know, they should be (laughs) put more thought into it. The girl who plays Yasmin, I couldn't really tell with her because it's also sort of unclear. Like, is she like Spanish? Is she Mexican? It seems like she's just kind of a general, like all Latin. Yes. yes. But I wonder about the actress. Yeah. So she's uh, like half Spanish from Spain. So because I didn't know what they were trying to pinpoint here, I couldn't really like say, oh, they should have maybe cast someone who was more appropriate for it. Uh, But you hit the nail on the head with that. It's something I wanted to bring up a little later, but might as well mention it now. The Bratz dolls are are supposed to be diverse, which is a nice thing to see. But their diversity is a little bit like broad stroked, you know? Yasmin is just Latin of some sort or Hispanic of some sort, right? Yeah. Chloe's just like, they say... And I don't know if this would go over today, but, like, I was reading the explanations for her character and, like, the doll. Is, Chloe's the all-American girl, which means just the white girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Jade is black. Yeah. No, sorry. 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 Sasha's black. Oh, no, black. Jade. Yeah, Sasha's black. Jade is Asian. Jade is Asian, and she's depicted as, you know, having an... I think an Asian mother here? Yeah, because we see her parents later. Yeah. So, A-plus for diversity and... I can't put too much, like, responsibility on these guys to go really into, like, their character backgrounds. Because, again, in this world, the broad strokes make more sense. So it might not be the most ethnically sensitive film, but I don't think it was setting out to do that. And I do appreciate that they have a team of girls that are diverse. And more importantly, and I see this in so many films, that, like, the white girl was not the leader of the team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that. Absolutely. That's a huge difference. And yeah, it's not the most sensitive or like perfectly done, but it is a kid's movie. And to just have four girls of different ethnicities all sharing the lead and like of equal importance to the plot is really huge and really kind of progressive in its way. I mean, it kind of, it drops the ball, especially with with Yasmin, but like on its surface, it's still like way ahead of other movies Absolutely. and like other movies of it of its type. Absolutely, and you know, I don't really watch children's shows too much, but I bet you even till today they paint with these kind of broad strokes because it's almost like an introductory to diversity. So on paper, it might seem bad to some people, but again, I, I think it fits with what they're doing and. I'll just reiterate, I never see, like, a gang of teenagers that's diverse and they share, like, equal leadership roles. There there wasn't any one of them who I would call the lead. Yeah. I mean, almost Yasmin, Yasmin, maybe. Yeah. Only because she has nothing else to do because she doesn't make new friends. <laughs> yeah, Which is also a weird thing in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do wish they had just chosen, like, one culture for her to belong to i mean i i'm not gonna defend the mariachi band in our kitchen (laughs) (laughs) but just the surface level you know they're i think their heart's in the right place (laughs) 
Um, just really quickly, two other people I wanted to mention. And if there's anyone you recognize that we miss, feel free. But I'm a big fan of like sitcoms, especially 90s sitcoms. And Kadeem Hardinson plays Sasha's oh, right. father. And he's from the show A Different World. Plays Dwayne in that, which I, you know, I like, I really like that show. So I was happy to see him. And <laughs> there's a cast note that's on like almost every piece of scholarship for this film it's that like paula abdul was originally um a producer choreographer and supposed to have a role in the film and she was fired from the film for whatever reason yeah (laughs) i just want to know the full story (laughs) yeah i was trying to like deep dive like why would they fire her i can only assume budget because she would have been like a pretty nice get here i can't imagine it's like oh paula abdul your dance steps Maybe they were too sexy. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I could think of as well. Yeah, I don't know. There's just not enough information there. I, like, I almost don't even know if I believe it. Because it's just, it's such a, like, random fact to just throw out there without any context. Well, the only reason that people know it's true, and I say no because this shouldn't really be much basis for anything, but, like, should a reality show the same year? And, like, one of the subplots of one of the episodes was that she was fired from the movie. Okay. They could have made that up for the show, but it, it is oddly specific, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was there anyone else in the cast who you really uh, recognized or stood out to you, even? No, I don't think there's anyone else I, I recognized. I didn't really recognize the guys from anywhere. There's two, like, guys, I would say, right? Like... There's multiple guys, but yeah, I forgot his name. But the one who's deaf plays a big role in the film, which I, yeah. honestly, I bravo to that character, right? Like, you don't see that in teen films, yeah. Also, like, definitely not handled perfectly. Like, I'm sure there are things that are not accurate to what like a non hearing person, yes, yes, is, that's fair, is or whatever. <laughs> but the way they treat him is very refreshing like he's just like a cute guy and when they're at the mall and like they see him checking out yasmin or whatever they're just like he's checking you out and they're all excited and it doesn't come up that he has a disability they're just like he's a cute guy go for him yeah and like they no one gives a fuck that he's deaf and that it's kind of yeah there's something very refreshing and, and again progressive about that even if it's imperfect <laughs> yes and i wasn't <laughs> expecting you to find it here but you're right they don't make a major subplot of his deafness so she's not like i'd be with you but you're deaf i don't know if i can you know it's pretty nice to see yeah never an issue in those terms yeah so let's get into the nitty-gritty of this film like i said you're so passionate in your review what were some of your favorite moments what do you want to talk about the stage is yours for brats the movie uh i think this movie is looks beautiful and it's so bright and so colorful like i love looking at it you know and it just it kind of creates its own world and it's not entirely like unlike anything else but it really pops you know and I mean, it's like literally like bubblegum pop aesthetic. And I just like, I just get pulled into it and I love it. And the way it starts is just so big and there's editing is so quick and the music keeps changing. And it's just like so exciting and so like thrilling. It really like gets you like pumped up and they're like talking to each other on the, the video phone. And then they get to the school and it's just like, what is this school? John Voigt reading this book called How to Run a Prison. Yes. <laughs> and then they go to Carrie Nation High School, which I, I had to look it up. But do you know who Carrie Nation is? No, tell me. Like, I had to do research, but she was this woman who was like a prohibition advocate 
and during prohibition would like go to bars with this big hatchet or like oh a God. a sledgehammer or a hatchet and like close down these bars wow yeah that's amazing what the, wow and uh at the end you know one of the prizes to win for like the talent show or whatever is a hatchet so that's a golden so hatchet sense. and yeah. yeah and you can actually see her silhouette on some of the mm-hmm. like weird they live like posters <laughs> that are up that say like obey and you know don't talk or whatever i love that just you know really quickly um to the aesthetics of the school the aesthetics of the whole film but the aesthetics of the school and, and good call on the like the they live stuff i was surprised yeah. to see it in a brats movie that like they would do something like that and i know it's like on the news because he's reading that that prison book but learning that about the, you know, the prohibition lady and stuff that's a deep cut you don't expect to see here yeah why are they referencing that <laughs> like, i don't know it's such a deep cut it's something <laughs> obviously no kids would get it like we don't even get it in our 30s <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah it's such a deep cut and i only looked it up because it's also referenced in beyond the valley of the dolls do you know that movie the Ross yeah. Meyer film the yeah. band is called the carrie nation so I saw Bratz, and I was like, is this movie referencing Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Oh. But they're both referencing this person. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, so that's just like such a weird connection. It's um, so weird. Uh, and just want to go back to something you said um, in terms of like the aesthetic of the opening. I thought the opening did a great job of telling you, hey, this is what you're getting, you know? Yeah. Just, they're like synchronized talking. What they're saying is just setting up the characters the the colors, the fashion, and they tell you that we're going in to school for the first time. You've seen the movie more than I did. That was their freshman year, right? And then we kind of move on to their junior year? Am I correct well, in saying that? <laughs> I think so. I was trying to figure that out for sure, watching it last <laughs> night, and it's, it's still not totally clear. I don't want to talk about that, like, skip ahead just yet. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I do want to talk about the setup of the high school with the, like, group's of kids because this is a trope that's in high school movies oh yeah of like you know the lunchroom separations and it's like this is where the jocks sit and this is where you know the science geeks sit or whatever and in this movie the groups are like mines and kids who dress like dinosaurs yeah. and like goth and you know goth kids and just like all these weird groups that you never see in a movie, so it just kind of also puts you in its world, you know, and kind of separates it from other high school films of just like, this is taking place in another reality. Like, what is this high school where multiple <laughs> kids dress up like dinosaurs? And it's consistent through the whole movie. Every yeah. scene, you can see a goth kid or a dino kid in the background through the whole movie. Like, they never falter with showing like these groups in the background, like as the the background actors. And then there's also like when Meredith is auditioning for the talent show, you see someone like with their legs over their head playing violin. And she's just like, (laughs) if I have to see another violin playing contortionist, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to scream. And you believe it that this school has multiple violin playing contortionists because that's just like what the world of the school is. So that's also something that's just like, you know, really pulls me in. of just like, what is, I haven't seen this before. Like, what is yeah. this? Yeah, so that's something I love. Uh, yeah, j- just on that, I love a high school introduction scene. I love a click introduction scene. But this was the scene in this film that made me say, hey, wait a minute. 
maybe these people are aware of what's going on here. It's not just like a hodgepodge, like, let's try to sell dolls thing. I, mm-hmm. I'm very curious, like, <laughs> what the concept was for this. Apparently, the screenwriter eventually didn't even get her credit on the screenplay, which I couldn't find why, but it was removed. Oh, really? I don't know if it was her choice or the studio's choice. So I, I was kind of wondering about that. But whenever you see that, it's usually like someone had a vision and maybe that vision came through. Maybe it didn't come through, but who knows? But this scene, again, the fact that Meredith is it? Meredith. The fact that she has this, she's just like a czar. It's very fascist looking because of what you said, all this like propaganda everywhere and she has this map and you go to her and she tells you what click you're going to belong to and that's just where you go i need you to become very familiar with the click crunch table assignment chart because as you can see there are 48 distinct clicks let me break this down for you you have the gods the skaters the um disco dorks the b-boy blingers the gangsters the wannabe gangsters the pretzel people who are into yoga very different from the greenies who hate anything not made of plants. Then you have the nerds, the kids who like to dress like dinosaurs, and um, the football jocks. Oh, hi, little freshman. I'm Meredith. So, any clubs? Nope. Interests? Nope. Friends? Nope. Okay. Owner. Oh, there. I don't get the loners. They're loners, but they like to hang out together. <laughs> It was deconstructing a high school trope and deconstructing stuff that happens in real life to a point that heightened it to such a, again, such a fun level. So I'm glad you brought mm. that up because that stuck with me. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's happened so early and it's one of the things that just immediately distinguishes this movie from other high school movies and makes it stand out for me. And then, yeah, so it's just such a good setup for this high school movie and then it cuts and then it goes two years later and it blew my mind (laughs) the first time I saw it because it's so sudden and so unexpected and in the context of a high school movie that's insane I mean you're like a high school movie expert like has any movie ever started in one year and then jumped ahead two years that's an eternity in high school yeah, at the top of my head, no. It usually does not go like that at all. If anything, they take you know a different approach. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised more filmmakers haven't used this. Was it executed perfectly? No, because I was kind of confused. That's why I asked you about it. But once I like understood what was going on, I was like, oh, this is like something cool. Because they all said, we're going to promise to be friends. We've all done this with people. Mm-hmm whether it's the same exact situation or something else. And maybe you stick together, maybe you drift apart because, you know, doing other things, and which is what happened here. They all got into kind of different cliques because they were doing different activities, more or less. But, like, I wish more high school movies did this because the, the fact that we time jump and they sort of know each other, they obviously know each other, but they're yeah. a little bit distant. I remember friends who, maybe I was friends with them freshman year, 
but by senior year, we had kind of drifted apart. We could still have a conversation, but it wasn't the same. College, I think that happened a little bit more to me. Like, you're thrown into this mix freshman year, and you kind of make friends with your roommate, and you make friends with people you're near, and then you kind of establish what you're into, and maybe you make some new friends. And yeah, you're going to remember your freshman year roommate, just for example, and when you run into him, you might like have this conversation, but it's not the same as you guys go into you know, eat at the cafeteria every day that first semester. So that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, and it is clever in that sense, but they are a little unclear of like what year it is. Because with all the talk of like winning a scholarship, like it seems like they're in their senior year at the end. Because the whole big thing is they're trying to win a scholarship for Chloe. And then at the end of the movie, I think Meredith even says to her dad that it's her last year. Or something but I don't know like she could also be a year ahead of them because she's she's already class president at the beginning True. of the movie yeah so like she can't be a freshman if she's <laughs> like this can't be her first day and I mean I guess no. she could be class president because her dad owns the school yeah so one of the things that I was thinking I'm like is this the first day of this school ever like is this a new school in the district uh, they didn't really address <laughs> that I don't think so but right. that was the only thing that I was because he's like reading a manual how to do it. And 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 she's already like got her plan. But it does make more sense that they're freshmen than she's a sophomore, because when they pull in with like the car slash motorcycle vehicles, there's a sign that says juniors parking. So that's why I just assumed they were all juniors. But you're right. There is a scholarship element. So who knows? At the beginning of the movie, when they first go to the school, somewhere it says welcome freshman. And I think you're supposed to check in with Meredith as a freshman to find out where you're gonna who you're gonna hang out with for yes, your high school. That makes career. sense. That makes sense. So I think they are freshmen and then are juniors for the majority of the movie. But still the thing with the talent show is that they're gonna win a scholarship to the college of their choice. Just like if they win the high school talent show, they win a, <laughs> a scholarship to any college. <laughs> We can bounce around here. You know, we could talk about whatever you want when it comes to this film. I know we touched on some good uh, points early on, specifically with the fashion and some of the characters. And as they've drifted apart, one of the moments that really brings it back together is something I like to see in teen movies, too. And you don't get enough of. You get a lot in teen TV shows, but not a lot in teen movies. And that's a good old-fashioned food fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a great food fight. They are served so much spaghetti on their plates. <laughs> just spread everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they're in California. I assume so, yeah. Yeah, but it does seem like California... Um, I don't know, you went to high school in California. Did you often eat spaghetti, that amount of spaghetti for lunch? (laughs) No, my high school is different. But just from what I've seen of other high school movies, it seems like school lunches are usually a little disappointing and just like just a small share, like a scoop of spaghetti. They had like restaurant size, like (laughs) full plates of spaghetti. I don't know. And I like spaghetti, but like, I don't know if like in the middle of my school day eating a big plate of spaghetti i'm probably gonna feel like heavy the rest of the day you know like maybe a little sluggish yeah it's true (laughs) but it makes for a good food fight and that's all that matters it's perfect for the food fight yeah (laughs) yeah and how that like connects that like (laughs) that's kind of what brings them together is they all started this food fight and then they get detention together you started it clumsy i tricked excuse me princess perfect that is so like you. You've always been the queen of denial. You know what? 
Neither one of you ever thinks anything through. It's always me having to pick up the pieces. That's interesting. We haven't talked in two years, ever since you done dusted me. Queen of the dorks. Me? You haven't spoken to any of us since you went out cheerleader. I'm not a snob. I'm just better than you are. Yeah. I didn't stop talking to you. You stop talking to me. Really? What are you talking about, Sasha? At least we don't buy our friends with our daddy's bank account. Only because you don't have a dad or a bank account. Stop it. All of you, just stop it. I can't believe you said that to Chloe. That's okay. No, it's not. When your parents got divorced, Chloe and her mom were totally there for you. Don't forget that, Sasha. Chloe, I'm sorry. What happened to us? It's okay. We were a team. We always had each other's back. Seriously. Like when you cancel your ski trip to help Chloe study for finals. That's what friends do. And what about you, Yaz? Remember you completely crushed those girls that used to slam Jay before she grew into her ears. Well, she would have done the same for me. Big deal. It is a big deal. Friendship is a big deal. Why aren't we friends anymore? I can't even remember. It's the cliques. We're all in them. That's just how high school works. Sasha, you're a cheerleader. Chloe's a jock. And Jade, you spend your time between the sides and home at geeks. They're not geeks. They're really interesting people. Yeah, but I would never know that because I'm not in your clique. So, what do we do? We have to take control of our lives, of our friendships. It's not our own fault. We can be friends with each other and do our own thing, right? Okay. How? We be ourselves, just like we used to be. I miss my girls. Me too. I didn't realize how much until now. BFFs? BFFs! <laughs> <laughs> And this is another, because I really think this is this film like looks beautiful. It's very underrated for like how well shot this film is. But the cut to them from like being on the ground covered in spaghetti, and then it cuts to them in detention. And do you remember the shot? A little bit. It's very awkwardly blocked, like where they are. But the shot is breathtaking, in my I gotta opinion. I got to watch this again. Then I gotta see. I gotta see this because maybe I'll try to screenshot it. Yeah, I mean, I have a screenshot, but every time I see it, I, like, gasp. It's so, it's unnatural. Like, the way they're sitting and standing is not natural at all, but it's fucking art, and it, like, it just looks so good, and it's such a good cut. Yeah, it's another thing. Like, even doing, like, a, an image search for brats, like, I don't come across this image, and it's like, how are people not crazy for this shot in the film? It's just... I don't, it just looks so good. Like, I don't know. Can I send it to you in the... Like, yeah, please, please. I was, I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay, do you see it? Oh, yeah. I, I do remember this now. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I distinctly remember, like, uh, seeing a couple of them, like, you see her through the chair like that. This is insane. I didn't notice, though, when I was watching it, the uh, 
one of the girls on the windowsill like that, and there's like a skyline in the background. That's a wow. Which again, like, what is this high school? But yeah, this like beautiful <laughs> skyline, these like huge windows in the skyline in their <laughs> detention room. Amazing. <laughs> that is, yeah, good call on that. Good, good eye. And then again, this is just like the catalyst for what in the world they've built is an incredibly rebellious act that they're just not going to be in any clique. They're just going to be friends with each other and then friends with everyone. And that's like so... <laughs> again, if you're buying in and you're watching, it's like it's like a super cool moment. It sounds really simple, but I just love how, how it pisses off Meredith. Yeah. I mean, it's a good message of like, just be who you are and hang out with who you want to hang out with. And, you know, friendship is so important. And then, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, that's sort of what the the back of the DVD said, I guess, is like they kind of like <laughs> break these rules of peer pressure. It's inspirational. <laughs> it's, it's <great. laughs> like I think it's effective. So what's going on with I think it's Chloe's mom. Is, is she the one who ends up get, like taking like the catering job with Meredith? Yeah, because there's another thing. The white girl is poor. Yeah, and like the reason they they need to win this scholarship for the talent show is for Chloe because she's too poor to afford college and the rest of them i guess are doing all right well yeah i mean uh, sasha comes from divorced parents but they seem incredibly wealthy yes and jade and yasmin seem like they're doing well, well yasmin can afford a mariachi band in her house so clearly she's doing well but i mean i kind of assumed that they were maybe her family yeah probably like they lived there and they were all you know like a big mexican family or something but uh, again they don't explain as well as they should not, not yet, yeah, not the best moment. <laughs> but uh, again, it was a very pretty and this moment when they're the mom like again takes this catering job and she's overwhelmed and they decide to like do all the dessert together. <laughs> that dessert again looks really good, but that to me like I didn't, again I never seen the cartoon. You said you never saw the cartoons, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a moment they took out of like uh, something that happened in the cartoon because. It felt very, car- not in a bad way, but it felt very cartoony. Like It seemed like something I would see yeah. in a Saturday, Saturday morning cartoon, yeah. Yeah, it's a very kind of simplistic scene and idea of just that, you know, they even say at the beginning, they're like, we don't know how to cook, and then they just do it. <laughs> like, in <and> out- <laughs> they just learn in an afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and then what follows with the catering, where they're yes. in full clown makeup, is also one of my favorite scenes in any That's game. what I wanted to set up. So <laughs> yeah. Meredith is having this super sweet 16 for MTV. And it reminds me of like what they used to have. And she's coming in on an elephant. She's got this huge party. And the brats, they're not known as that yet, have to be the caterers to help the mom out. And she wants all the caterers dressed as clowns. And they're just like the traditional clown uniform. Mm-hmm. Which looks great. But they have that great moment of just the transition like it's jade right who's the who's into fashion her dilemma is kind of funny because she's like oh i like math and science but i also like fashion i'm like that's great that's not a bad thing <laughs> oh yeah yeah she has like too many interests <laughs> like, yeah. that's her problem. But i think the problem is more that her parents don't know that she's into fashion yeah because she like transforms every day yeah so i think her her mom i guess is like very conservative and like disapproving of fashion or whatever so it's just like that's a secret that she's keeping i mean meredith tries to use it as dirt but it's not really 
she's only Stop keeping that. it secret to her mom. Like, <laughs> no one else in the audience cares about, like, how Jade dresses. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, she's really talented at something else, you know? It's not like, oh, she's into drugs or something like that. That's true. The dirt on Jade <laughs> is that she's really talented <laughs> at everything. And then, yeah. you know, she, she helps with the fashion. And uh, one of the other ones is really good at makeup, apparently. And mm-hmm. they come out with these costumes that get everyone's attention and takes the attention away from Meredith. Yeah. And that's where Meredith also has her fabulous number. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this whole, whole overall party? I mean, it's like circus themed, I guess, which I, I don't know if I even put that together. Like, <laughs> I saw it before. Good call. Good call. But that's why they're clowns. That's why she's on an elephant. It's all The whole thing is just like circus themed. I mean, I wish they stayed looking a little more like clowns, just because I love clown makeup, and I like it's also like an aesthetic that I like. And when they do the close-ups of their faces with like the big blue hair and everything, again, it's just this overload of color that I I just love. But they look, you know, when they do their makeovers, they look fierce. You know, they look fucking great. Yeah, they Jade does a a great job with the design of the clothes, and then the party was. It's great. I mean, it's this big party. And one thing I caught was there are like stilt walkers in the background, like dancing during the fabulous number. And there's just, you know, again, like really consistent with kind of weird stuff going on in the background. That's really cool and really like, like fully formed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I love it. it. They didn't like spare any expenses on this scene. It looked really cool. Mm-hmm. We haven't really touched on Yasmin's brother either he's an interesting character i don't really know what to make of him yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean if they kept him just as like her brother he would just be kind of like a funny like teen movie character but the stuff with him and merrick's sister is real weird because he seems older than her and keeps flirting with her yeah that was weird because like he's young so I i wasn't gonna like think that way but like he is flirting with her and she seems really young (laughs) she states that she's 11 at one point and he's definitely pubescent yeah because she drives him to high school in like the later scene so yeah yeah. ooh, icky why yeah it's real it's real gross and weird and i don't know why they did that (laughs) the stuff before that where he's just obsessing with his hair and like being kind of the annoying younger brother like i i like that stuff okay yeah no that wasn't bad and like when he swims to uh early a little bit earlier when he swims to like uh meredith's pool float like i thought that was cool yeah fully dressed and then (laughs) and then she plugs a usb into his flip phone (laughs) (laughs) yeah But that's when, you know, he kind of, like, reels some dirt. And one of the big subplots here is that Yasmin, you know, she's a great singer. But, uh, again, I read that Jade was the only one who actually was singing. The rest of them were dubbed by studio musicians. Right. But regardless, you would think they would cast the one who's a great singer to be someone who's actually a great singer. But whatever. And she just is, like, almost too embarrassed to sing or shy, we'll say. So when uh, Meredith brings it up to her, like, oh, sing here in front of my party, like, to embarrass her, she doesn't do it, and then plays the uh, cucaracha scene, which she stole, for, you know, from the phone with that flash drive. Yeah. Thank you so much. And now, for a real treat, I'd like to invite my dear, dear friend to go next. <gasps> oh, my God! I can't believe she's going to let me go first. <laughs> Yazzie, darling. A little birdie told me that you just love to sing. <laughs> Come on up here. 
Come on. No, 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 please don't. No, please don't help. No, she's close. Fantastic. Raise the roof, Yasmin. We love you, Yasmin. Come on, Yasmin. It's my birthday. Show us what you can do. <laughs> but it's nice because like they all come like the whole party leading with like the again I keep forgetting his name like the the, the uh, Dylan. love interest Dylan yeah yeah Dylan starts it off and they they kind of make the most of it and it's it ends up with Meredith in the pool and it it's actually a fun heartwarming scene yeah they support her yeah and then Meredith falls in the falls in the pool and then we get the our title which she calls them brats. This is my MTV Super Sweet 16 party! Everybody go back to your side tables immediately! Yes, I, I don't want to forget that. And I was waiting for it. It comes real late in the movie. It does. But honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's earned. I was like, okay, finally. Because I was wondering that how a movie like this, that traditionally like movies that are based on like toys, they'll say the freaking thing early on or they'll say it a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Even in an opening, I would have expected it. Like, oh, you guys are just brats. They just held this out and held this out. And that ends up being their uh their band name. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you play this clip, but when Chloe says the word brats, she delivers it so good. I'm not doing it. Come on, Yaz, get over it. The only way to get everyone back together is to win the talent show. Meredith wins every year. You're the only one that can break her streak. Maybe so, but I'm still not doing it. Next subject, please. Uh, chicken! (laughs) Fine, that's me, El Pollo Yasmin. Look, if you sing, I'll spin. Really? No. Come on, we'll all help you. You'll sing, I'll choreograph, Chloe will splash the background with her video bling, and Jade will... What, add numbers faster than anyone? 2,147. 2,268. 5,415. Big whoop. Hello, fashion diva. We're gonna need costumes. 
Now you're talking, sister. And we're gonna need backup singers, too. And dancers! Why stop there? We should get everyone who Meredith shot down to perform with us. Perfect! Then you don't need me. Ugh. Okay, how about this? The winner gets a scholarship. Know anyone who might need that? Chloe. Okay, fine. But only for Chloe. But I still can't do it. Why? Why? Because we don't have a name. Well, well, well. If it isn't the brats. <laughs> brats. Chloe, you're a genius. I am? Brats! Yes. It's so... Because they're trying to come up with a band name, and then Chloe just, like, comes to the table and says it. And it fucking rules. <laughs> it's, so, it's like that, oh, such a good snap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we're, we're going to get this. <laughs> yeah, and again, so good. if you haven't bought in by this point, I'm sorry. But if you're watching this movie and you've allowed yourself to buy in, you're like, fuck yeah, when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then really, like, the last subplot ends up being the talent show. and Talent stuff. show, yeah. It does kind of have two finales. Like, it, it feels like the Sweet 16 party would be, like, a finale, and then the movie just keeps going. Yes. And then builds to another finale. Oh, I'm is, glad you bring that up. Which is great. When I saw the runtime, I was like, what? This movie <laughs> is, like, an hour 40-something? I'm not sure what the exact one was. I expected this movie to be an hour 20. Like, a movie marketed to kids, you know, that kind of thing. But, wow. And it's here. It's here. Like, the fact that... Like you said, it almost has these two endings. But again, I enjoyed it. I'm in for the ride. I, I didn't need to end it. Just like, you guys are brats. Like, let's do it. Let's go all in. <laughs> yeah, it's never boring. Yeah, it d definitely didn't feel like it dragged. So, yeah. So what'd you uh, enjoy about the, or maybe not, but <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on this final talent show? You know, we have our, of course, Yasmin bails and then she rejoins. It's a big number. They have a marching band involved and a lot of the other cliques in the school. What'd you think of it overall? Or even uh, Meredith's song here? That was something I think they had to simplify a bit or just like not go too far because like, because Meredith and her flash drive, like she truly doesn't have good dirt on anyone. <laughs> no. And the way that Yasmin reacts and like quits the talent show is really extreme for like what was at stake. It's still worth it for like when they come together and there's like, you know, I wrote down that there's like a surprising, surprisingly good wisdom from the adults, like from the parents. And so like Chloe's mom is like, you know, maybe something's going on with her and that's why she like quit the band. And it was like very thoughtful and they were like, yeah, we were bad friends for not, assuming something was wrong you know so that was just an angle i liked i feel like i don't usually see and then the talent show is good i think i think both of meredith's songs are better than the gratitude song don't hate me because i got it going on it's just me i'm hot never cold i can rock it any way that i choose i'm so good oh yeah i make up all the rules i can't help it if i set all the trends Everybody wants to be my best friend It's infectious, come on, don't you be jealous Just join in this love fest You know that it's all about me It's all about me
set it free, set it free, set it free. And it lives way down deep in my soul. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Come with me on this ride. Sail with me through the sky. You can't hide, you can't hide, you can't hide. Everyone, listen up. They say my attitude is just an attitude. Gonna take the latitude to say that it's okay. It's not a platitude to feel some gratitude. So show your attitude to the world today. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I wrote that down. I'm like, I, I mean, Meredith ends up tying, so it's fine. <laughs> Maybe they even acknowledged it. I yeah. wasn't sold on like the brats <laughs> and their gratitude as like an entity. I kind yeah. of thought maybe like this was the toy marketing people or maybe the TV marketing people like, oh, we could make a sequel or we can make more money on like a Bratz album if it has more Bratz songs in it. So we got to shoehorn in their final great performance. Later in the film, we see some more performances of them. Like, I don't want to say it felt forced because it did fit into the world, but I don't, I don't know who's producing the music. Maybe they shouldn't have fired Paula Abdul because this gratitude right. song didn't deliver for me for a final moment here. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the song. I like the number, but it doesn't feel as big as either of Meredith's numbers. And as like, yeah, it's not as bombastic, I guess. And also like, since Yasmin was supposed to be like pivotal to this really doesn't show that she's like leading <laughs> the, the vocal group, which <laughs> I guess is because she couldn't actually sing. Yeah. How odd is that? Like, <laughs> It's very odd. And then during the credits, they have a music video, and it's not the character whose storyline was singing. No, and again, you learn why. <laughs> yeah. It was very popular in this day, right, for like these kind of movies to spin off like girl groups. I think of like the Cheetah Girls and the Disney Channel. Um, mm. And they, w- they would go on tour and do these things. So I don't know if they had designs on that. It wouldn't have worked since only one of them was singing. Right. You, you have to think of like future marketing potential. I didn't under- really understand her cat. I'm not saying Yasmin did a bad job at acting, but if you're going to go with this storyline and maybe you want to build something more with this film, wouldn't you just pick someone who was a qualified singer as well? Because it's not like she's a name. It's not like she's this actor was bringing people in. So... I don't know. Again, I would love to know so much more about this film. And unfortunately, we don't get it. Maybe, Austin, with your help, that the the profile of this film will be raised and then BuzzFeed or something will do like a Bratz 15 <laughs> years. Where are they now or something? Yeah, I hope so. I'd love to see it. <laughs> but yeah, I admit to some like awkwardness with that aspect of her character. Like you expect to see her have a solo where she like built something out and you're like, Oh God damn, she is an amazing singer and you just don't get it. No. And yeah. And they're all kind of like, even in, in that gratitude number. And they were really mm-hmm. pushing for her. Like, no, this is your talent. So it makes you think like, maybe she just didn't have a talent. They're just making her feel good about herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and Hey, if that's the message, great. Cause she has nothing else. I mean, she apparently has an interest in journalism, but they don't go into that either. They don't go into that. That's her click, but we don't really like... I expected them to look like old-timey journalists, like with that press card in the old like fedora or something like that, but no. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very fitting. Her biggest thing is that she like sings with Bubby, um, who I think <laughs> is her mom. Like, 
or grandma i don't know oh who knows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so any other uh scenes or moments you want to talk about with brats um just one thing i caught is just a small thing but again like having to do with like the consistency of the background work is during the food fight there's a kid there's like a karate kid who's like kicking away food oh Not- really i gotta check that out <laughs> <laughs> so just stuff like that i really love and just you know, this attention to detail. What do you say to, like, the Brett's naysayers out there? Or, or maybe someone who maybe doesn't have an open mind. Like, how, how would you just sell them on this film? I mean, this film isn't for, like, just anyone. Like, I wouldn't say everyone needs to see this film. Like, there are people who won't like this film. But if you like this genre and you're open to it, and, you know, just to... To call out like Joey Lewandowski, whose who's rating of this film really upset me. <laughs> call him out, please. Because he's someone who I think of as a very like, who's very open to a new kind of cinema <laughs> and very open to like, like campy stuff, but also, you know, like this is a movie that I think people dismiss because it's a high school movie and because it's a movie about girls. And that's, you know, a genre that is just generally dismissed. And that's why I don't think Joey is guilty of at all. I think he's very open to this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I just, like, don't know where he was coming from. Like, I don't understand how he didn't like this movie. <laughs> you're not wrong, because there's other movies that he enjoys. Joey, I know you're listening, so if you want to rebuttal, yeah. by all means. But uh, <laughs> there are other movies that he enjoys that are, like, similar in this vein. I'm not saying that I have the same level of praise for it as you, but it was fun and it was very harmless in a sense. Like I, mm-hmm. again, except for the things we, we talked about, it was just like a cool fun ride. I'll, I'll put it that way. Like it's definitely not, Oh God, I can't watch this. Or I, I say this too with, with certain films, like it wasn't boring. You know, Th- those are the worst kind of films, films that I just can't follow because they're boring. Absolutely. This wasn't a boring film. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I would say just like be open to like something new and different and fun and like, wild and it's it, you know it feels similar to me to as like as cats the movie where it's just like don't fear the unknown <laughs> you know just like kind of embrace it and also like i saw there's a letterbox review that compared this movie to how the japanese house do you know that movie no i'm not familiar with it it's like a horror movie but it's uh, a group of japanese girls like go to an aunt's house and it's just like like a live action cartoon and it's like very wild and it's on criterion gotcha so it's like a respected movie for the most part and i saw a review that compared these two movies and i thought that was really apt and really uh just like a good observation then the end the end of that particular review then calls brats a bad movie and i was like fuck this guy (laughs) why why is why is brats a good movie and house isn't or why like what makes brats bad but house who isn't you know like i want people to see it in that regard of like this is unconventional like wild kind of like batshit cinema that just creates its own world and is its own thing i mean that's how i would recommend going into it yeah i mean and again that's that's a good that's a good take. Hold on. I'm looking up Joey's letterbox review. I wanted to see Ugh. what he said. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I know I complained that Meredith was too similar to Sharpay, but I don't have that. I'm not as connected to the musical movies. I mean, it's fair, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. 
if you like Sharpay. It's not like Sharpay is just like, I don't think they went in and saying we need to have a Sharpay. I think that that's just kind of a trope that they both, they both occupy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, on the subject of letterbox, like I don't partake in letterbox because I, I kind of don't want it to taint my views of things. And I, like I said, I am guilty of it. If I see that a bunch of people, especially if the people I respect think something about a certain movie, I'm going to watch it with different eyes. So I try to avoid it. And, but again, I just have to salute you because <laughs> you seem to just, if you like something, you say it. I, I've said this before That's and I'm trying goal. not to, but <laughs> well, <laughs> there's just a lot of snobs on letterbox. I'll put it that way. Sorry guys. Some of uh-huh. you are. Not any of you listeners out there. The other people are. (laughs) And again, it was refreshing. My goal with movies has always been to like not be ashamed of anything that I like. Which is easier said than done for a lot of people these days. And it's, uh, like I said, it's appreciated. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with like people who love bad movies or like use so bad it's good as an expression. I think there's this distance of like irony and cynicism that I want to do away with. You know, like, just embrace it. Again, that's nice. It's refreshing. It's it's something that I think we need more of. I wish I had more of it myself. Um, it, it's something yeah. I strive to. And I'm sure I'm not perfect. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I definitely, like, have preconceived ideas that I go into movies with that affect my viewing. Like, I, yeah. But my goal is to <laughs> kind of be open to everything and trust how I feel. I, again, it. I mean, d- don't downplay your heroic brave efforts on letterboxd <laughs> i'm just saying like i like i don't think i'm like a perfect example like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure i falter in my own ideals so i pulled up joey's review and like you mentioned he was upset about the sharpay thing he mentioned uh, a couple of the facts uh, john voight uh mailing it in or, and paula abdul but he doesn't really say why he doesn't like it mm. but one thing that probably pissed you off maybe is he says I can't in good conscience give anything more than half a star, even though it kind of perfectly falls into my favorite movie genre. Yeah, fucking eat shit, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? Like, come on. Then be fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> that's so irritating. <laughs> I, I, Joey, you're great, but that's so irritating. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so on, on High School Slumber Party, we give out uh, awards every week. I don't know if all these are going to apply here. I know cer- certainly one doesn't, but first is the, the Wooderson Award, named after Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused. This is for a character who maybe had one or two scenes or maybe was a little downplayed, who you would like to see more of, who, who you would have liked the filmmakers to maybe expanded their role. Was there anyone here who you were more curious about? Not that you see. Like, I feel like everyone who is a character kind of gets an appropriate amount of time and, like, a good amount of time. But there are, like, absent characters I'm curious about, and namely Meredith's mom, who I guess is, like, a billionaire. (laughs) John Voight doesn't buy that mansion as a high school principal. Good call. And she threatens him at one point of being like, I'll tell mom that you talked to me at school, and he's terrified. So she has some whole story. And then the other reference... Because I paid attention on this watch of like wrote down every reference to Meredith's mom. But the other thing is with the MTV Sweet 16, Meredith is just like, oh, my mom's friends with the producers at MTV. Oh. I just want to know like what is going on with her and what her relationship with John Voight is and 
Yeah, I'm just very curious about that character. She's completely absent from the movie, but that is someone I would like to have seen. Makes sense. That's a good call. Have more of an explanation for. Good call. Okay, so the next award is the Long Duck Dong Award uh, from 16 Candles. So this is for a character whose omission would have potentially made the film better, whether it be for insensitivity or just dumb plotline. You know, we go either way here. Anything you would eliminate or maybe change or alter? The pervert younger brother. Yes. <laughs> he, he didn't need to be a pervert. And again, the only other thing I would change is maybe like some aspects of, as we discussed a lot, uh, some aspects of Yasmin, yeah. Yasmin's, <laughs> uh, her storyline. Oh, yeah. You could you could omit the mariachi band. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so a little bit there, a little tweaky, yeah. a little bit there. <laughs> And this one, I think, um, actually doesn't qualify. That's Cameron Fry Award. Um, Alan Ruck was 30 when Ferris Bueller came out playing a high schooler. Here, was there anyone who looked like they were too old to be in high school? And I, I think, at least for the brats, our answer is no. Were there any of like the background characters or the boyfriends or whatever who you thought did not fit in with high school? I mean, maybe, maybe Dylan I could see being like 19 or 20. But, but maybe, right? It didn't bother me, or I didn't catch it. Yeah, They cast real teens. It was targeted to younger demographics, so they really didn't feel the need to cast older actors. Everyone looked like they were the same age, which is really important in these movies, I find. Like, you don't want it mm-hmm. like one guy looks 30 and, and another person looks 15, and they're supposed to be the same age. That's always weird. So that's something they actually did well here. Yeah. So we know you don't agree with the critical scores here, but I mention every week that Rotten Tomatoes, 10% score of the critics, 46% by the audience. And I know that's not great, but clearly, you know, that's close to 50-50. So half of the people enjoyed it, which is way up from 10%. But Austin, we on High School Slumber Party, this is school. We grade an A plus to F scale. What will you grade, Bratz? I want to be like fair. (laughs) I know that it does have some issues or some imperfections, you know, so I feel like I should like go down on that. But I also just want to like counteract the Joey's of the world who don't understand this. And so like, I, like, I can't in good conscience only give this an A. This is an A plus movie. (laughs) Wow. A plus. I'm not surprised, but I love it. I love seeing it. And just like watching it, you know, last night for the, the third time, you know, I was kind of looking for things of like what I was looking for, like what doesn't work or why, like, why should I like mark off for this movie in any way? And, you know, I found stuff, but like overall, it's just I fucking love this movie so much <laughs> and I have so much fun with it. And I just like I couldn't sleep last night because I was like pumped. <laughs> I was like too amped up I after I watched that. it. And I mean, that's an A plus movie passion <laughs> that's, that's appreciated here i'm not as brave as you i'm gonna give this movie okay. a, a b but i think that's higher than most people giving it i really yeah. enjoyed it um i, I think it's a, a fun movie i think a lot of people I, I know a lot of people would enjoy it and maybe maybe on another watch joey will enjoy it too but I, i'm happy yeah. you give it the a plus i was hoping you'd give it the a plus yeah you know <laughs> it's great to i hear. have to i hear it in your voice i hear the passion so <laughs> it's appreciated Okay, so next question I ask my guest every week is if 
You you remember when you were a kid and you went to a, a, a slumber party or a sleepover and you had those cool sleeping bags with like characters on them or graphics or designs, whatever. If you could design a Bratz sleeping bag for this slumber party, what would it look like? I'm sure there are a lot of Bratz sleeping bags in real life, but but, but design your own. Um, well, that's hard because like if you choose all four of the Bratz, that seems like a little too cluttered, but I I don't have a favorite you know like they really are like equal and like as strong characters or distinct characters i mean i love the logo but like you know brats in lowercase and pink uh with like the halo over it so maybe just a simple like like the piano at in the credits like in the music video in the credits like the that white piano that has the brats logo on it i think maybe i would want to look like that i like it i like it yeah Cool logo, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... And do you have answers to these questions? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Let's see. I'll I'll have fun. Let's see. A brat sleeping bag. I don't know. I'm gonna... I'm maybe gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna go something that's like in that propaganda school themed. (laughs) You know, how all the signs look or something. I thought that... I think that would be fun. (laughs) That like red and then it just says like sleep in block letters. I'm like, don't spit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, so this is a rent to get one free. If you and I are go- are walking into this magical blockbuster where every single movie that has ever existed ever in time is there, and we're renting brats for our slumber party, and we see this sale, and it says, rent two movies, get one free, and we're like, we're going to have a movie marathon. If Bratz is our free movie, what are the two other movies we're renting on this slumber party? So I watched this recently. When I watched it, you know, and like the review that, that you and Joey saw was um, from when I had recently watched this in a triple feature. Ooh. But it was very specific. It was for my... 16 year anniversary with my girlfriend and so i was trying to think of like sweet 16 movies Mm. which there aren't as many sweet 16 like parties and movies as you would think no no maybe maybe you have some but no you're right surprisingly difficult to find it's so funny that you're absolutely right about that i don't think i've seen many yeah i was surprised how hard it was to like find stuff but so we watched princess diaries because that's all about it's kind of leading up to her being 16 yes and then we watched dream to believe or flying as as you know it which doesn't have anything specific to 16 it was more just like a very special movie in our relationship because makes sense makes sense yeah we discovered it at the same time or we watched it for the first time together and we were both just like so head over heels in love with it and if anyone loves that movie more than i do it's her (laughs) and like wow we just adore this movie so much and we hadn't watched it in a long time and it's like you know like i think we have totally different top five favorite films but dream to believe is in both of our top fives you know like we both just love this movie and we hadn't seen it in a long time so that you know it's a high school movie the characters are probably 16 but it's kind of a loose connection to 16 mm-hmm. um and, and then this, and this one and then Bratz has the sweet 16 party so that's the triple feature that i actually did but that's not one that it's so specific to my life. We've covered all those movies too on this podcast, so it makes sense. Oh, nice. So, do you want to go with that, or do you want to pick a unique one? Um. So, one thing I think would work would be a like lunch table distinction triple feature with disturbing behavior and Mean Girls. 
Oh, yeah. That's those a good are, call. Those are both movies where they have that, like, this is where they sit and this is where they sit. Um, but I also, like, can I can I just keep answering? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I would love to pair it with House, the 77 Japanese movie. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Because they're both, like, very colorful and they're about a group of girls and just sort of a similar aesthetic and similar like way they're going about things. And then the third movie, maybe Spring Breakers, which I know they're college. But oh, just, but that's fine. You can pick whatever you want. And that works. In terms of like aesthetic and like color and like use of color, I think those three together would be great. Or I would go with a, just going off the titles and I would do Bratz, Cats, and Bats. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if you're out there, pick whichever one of those trifecta combos you like they are they're all great they all make sense yeah that i definitely want your answer for this one oh i don't know this is one i never answered because i just huh hmm i don't know i I would probably perhaps i want to see other other toy movies right like other movies based on toys and see how they handled it i can't think of any because there's no barbie movie right not live action there's a bunch of animated barbie movies yeah no i want like i want to see like this live action obviously there's been like gi joe live action movies and i don't think i've seen them but i'll yeah i'll see one of those and uh, i don't know i gotta do my research i didn't do my homework guys i apologize (laughs) (laughs) I'll get back to you on that. So far, I like just Bratz and G.I. Joe being in the same lineup. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I want there is, that, right? there is that connection, but they're so different. And that's, so different. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Maybe once, when this episode comes out, I'll have one for my intro or exit thing that, I, that I'll put in here. So, so stay tuned for that. Maybe in like, I don't know, a minute or so, guys, if you're listening to this episode, I'll have a third for that. But Austin, this was an absolute pleasure. Love to have you on again. Again, I love your passion. I love your I love your uh, enthusiasm. I love your calling out Joey Lewandowski. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So do you want people to follow you, find you anywhere, see what you're up to? Maybe follow that old letterbox? Yeah, just letterboxed is the source. I'm not doing much else besides that. If I do do anything else, then I'll mention it on Letterboxd. But you can follow me on Twitter, too. It's at Wolf Southern, which is just my name. Uh, no U in Southern. And it's Wolf Southern is one word. And yeah, Letterboxd. Follow me there. Awesome. Well, again, like this, this was a blast. And, you know, can't wait to talk another thing sometime in the future. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I, I'm delighted to talk about the movie Bratz. <laughs> Love it. Big thank you to Austin. I thought he was an awesome guest. Can't wait to have him on this show again. And, you know, his knowledge of brats, his enthusiasm for brats. I love it. And I hope it encouraged you guys to watch this film. I watched it for free on one of these, like, rando services. It had ads, but whatever. Definitely watch brats, honestly. And give me your opinion. Tell me how you feel about this on social media. Class participation, when we're in our regular year, is a huge part of your grade. It's the summer, but I'd still like you to do it. Make sure you hit me up on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, High School Slumber Party, or at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That's highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. And wow, them be fighting words, like I said, to Joey Lewandowski. Austin was not happy with his review of brats 
Joey, the godfather of this podcast network. You can listen to him on Too Fast, Too Forever. You could listen to him on Cruise Club, Cage Club, Keanu Club, Tom Tom Club, Hanks for the Memories, all this other cool, cool stuff. He does so many podcasts on this network. He does so much for this network. But, like I said, them be fighting words. Was I egging it on a little bit? Maybe. But come on. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see a rebuttal from Joey. Maybe he will answer the call. Maybe. Just maybe. He will feel threatened and need to respond. Or maybe he will behave like a true champion and not dignify Austin's fighting words with a response. We'll see. Only time will tell. Never knew that Bratz the movie would inspire so much vitriol, so much, I don't know, rivalry. I love it. I love it. I love it. Letterbox gets crazy. That's why I don't mess with it. I'll leave it at that. So guys, I hope you had fun in my pool. I hope you did some laps. I hope you did some cannonballs. I hope you had a good time. However, I have to give you some bad news. You got to work this Monday. You're babysitting again. I got you another gig. I got you another assignment. But this one's going to be a fun one. You're doing it with my favorite guest, one of your favorite guests, the most popular girl in school, Kate Hudson. And we're talking another Keith Coogan movie, another Keith Coogan babysitting movie, if you believe it or not. And that's Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. I'm getting rid of her for two whole months. I can go to the beach. I can stay out as late as I want. I can do anything. I'm a free woman. Hi. Hello, dear. I'm Mrs. Sturak. I'm a babysitter. What? All right, you little maggots, now line up. Are you serious? I'll make your summer a living. Hell! Hey! TV rots your brain. It's time we let her know the rules. Yeah, we outnumber her. Let's kick some butt. This is Sturak. Sturak? Oh my God. She died in her sleep. He'll probably blame us. Hey, be careful. I got her. No, I mean my skateboard. Rock and roll! What? Have my baby. In your dreams, babe. Oh, how you doing, Mom? No, Mrs. Durack's not here. She, um, she went to the yarn store. So, what do you guys want for breakfast? Cheese omelet. SpaghettiOs. Breakfast is served. Bow the lawn today, and don't forget to do the dishes, okay? Ah! Dishes are done, man. Dishes are done, man. Woo. Can't wait to have Kate Hudson back. So remember, you guys are going to have to report to your babysitting assignment next Monday. Same High School Slumber Party channel. Same High School Slumber Party time or whenever the episode drops, whatever. <laughs> Speaking of the channel, cageclub.me, I was recently on Foodie Films, Kyle Reinfried's podcast, my partner in crime very often, and... I was on an episode for a film called Fat So. You want to check that out there. Definitely, definitely check that out. And check out all the other great podcasts 
on the Cage Club Podcast Network. So, one more thing I wanted to mention. I almost forgot this. Austin asked me to pick two films for my own Rent Two Movies, Get One Free segment. He turned the seg around on me, and I was at a loss. I didn't think of anything. So I said G.I. Joe for one, and I said I would get back to him on the other one. So here's me getting back to him. I did a little research, and I'm going to pick a film called Gem and the Holograms. And I'm picking it because it's also based on a toy series, and it was also really shit on when it came out. It came out, let me see. It came out in 2015, and fans of the toys hated it. Fans of movies hated it. I haven't seen it, but I kind of want to check it out. Maybe it's misunderstood, just like Bratz. Who knows? <laughs> I hope this episode was not misunderstood by you. I hope you enjoyed listening to our episode on Bratz and stopping by my pool party. But oh, I think it's time to go to bed. I think it's time to go inside, take a shower, get the chlorine off my body, and hop into my extra, extra comfy sleeping bag. Remember, guys. Life moves pretty fast, and if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And you don't want to miss this next song. It's all about the gratitude. Later, dudes. We got that gratitude. It's not an attitude. We got that gratitude. Yeah, come on. There's a voice inside of me. Set it free, set it free, set it free And it lives way down deep in my soul Let it go, let it go, let it go Come with me on this ride Sail with me through the sky You can't hide, you can't hide, you can't hide Everyone listen up They say my gratitude It's just an attitude Gonna take the latitude yourself and you'll see set it free set it free set it free one on one all together you know let it go let it go let it go believe in all you are let your spirit soar this power will open the door now you know You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.